0: We're all advocates. We're the backbone. We're the backbone of the nation. We're the backbone of the state of Texas. Creates a healthy community. So, you know, eat local, buy local, support your local farmers.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Advocates. I'm Wade Howard, joined by my co-host Dan Sell. Thanks for joining us this week. Dan, where are we headed?
0: Well, Wade, we're headed to Illinois uh, with a farmer named Rob Sharkey. He we He's a podcaster. And uh, on this episode here, we discuss mental health in the farming community, him being a TV show host, and then he turns around on us and interviews us. I I didn't like that part. I don't know about you, Wade, but anyway, I hope this is a great episode for y'all to listen to and, and we'll go for it.
1: Rob, how are you doing tonight?
0: Oh, I couldn't be better.
2: Glad to hear Dan yourself.
0: I'm excited. I'm excited, Wade. Rob, I, I'm really excited for this podcast. It, well, don't get your
2: expectations too high, buddy.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's not that high, but it, I mean, we've we've set the bar here, Rob, and so you better you better make it. Uh-huh. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> it's a very low bar. We don't set the bar too high for anybody. <laughs> but
1: there, is, but there is a bar, <laughs> uh, Rob. Rob, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do on a day to day basis.
2: My name is Rob Sharkey. I am a farmer from Illinois, just uh, corn and soybeans. That's basically the the name of the game up here. Uh, fifth generation. Uh, my kids are the sixth generation, live on a home farm. And uh, I've been doing a, a podcast for oh, almost four years now. And I've been doing an XM show for, oh shoot, uh, about almost two years now. And we are currently taping a TV show with RFD TV.
1: Exciting times in the Sharky household, it seems like. Um, you mentioned your podcast just just surpassed episode 200, uh, which in podcast world is big. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about the Shark Farmer podcast and, and how that thing kind of developed and, and how it got to where it is today?
2: Yeah, you know, I am proud of the 200, not necessarily just that we did 200 episodes, but that I did 200 episodes every single Tuesday. I never missed a Tuesday No matter what. And that was not always easy, uh, as I guess you guys could imagine with yours. But So very proud of that. But we did do 200 episodes of the Shark Farmer podcast, which basically started almost as a hunting podcast. I am a deer outfitter. And we had a hunter come in, Carrie Zilka. She has uh, the Hunt Travel Fish podcast. The more I got talking to her, uh, we were going to start it and I was going to have hunting stories, and I did a couple, but you know, if you guys, if you aren't there when it happened, you know, these hunting stories, or you don't know the people involved, they aren't really that entertaining. I did interview a couple farmers, and that kind of took off, and it kind of snowballed from there. I was early on in the, in the podcasting game when it came to agriculture. It was back when Ag Twitter was big, and you know, I was focusing on that. That's how it kind of got started big to start with, but it kind of uh, plateaued. And it really wasn't until we started kind of branching out, getting outside of agriculture, or I'm sorry, getting outside of Ag Twitter, where it really started taking off.
1: Now, Rob, that's, that's where I first learned about your podcast was on Ag Twitter. And I, I don't know, I, I say I'm a part of it, but I'm a very quiet part of it. Um, how early on, how did you decide who was going to come on the podcast and who, I mean, was it kind of just that, that OG ag Twitter world that you went after?
2: Yeah, I think it was, and it was very inside baseball. You know, if you were ingrained in ag Twitter, it was very interesting. If you weren't, it was so inside you. You know, you probably didn't know a lot what was going on, what was being said. There was a lot of name dropping, and it was fun. It it was it was great that way, and it, it was a really good way to start it out. But it kind of outgrew it. And, you know, when you wanted to reach a broader audience, which you went into the agriculture sector, you know, Ag Twitter is a very small a sliver of it. So is, uh, you know, Instagram. So is YouTube. They're all small slivers of that bigger audience in agriculture. So once we realized we needed to kind of step outside of Ag Twitter, uh, that's when we saw the growth. Uh, that's when we saw we were able to touch on different audiences. It was actually, it was a pretty big eye opener for my wife and I.
0: Right. And Rob, you, you mentioned how to reach to different audiences just a while ago. I don't remember which episode it was, but you literally had a, a scuba diver, uh, on your show talking about how he, he dove in and helped on rigs out in the sea with oil wells and everything else. How, how are you able to reach out? You use your podcast in such a, a unique way. You're able to reach out to not only just like farmers my, myself, but people who are outside of the ag industry that may not even know about AG but still are interested in it. and that's interesting. How do you do that?
2: Huh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know the early days it was it was a lot of asking people trying to find the right person. Uh, it, it gets easier and I, you guys I'm sure are gonna find this. you know once you get a little bit of traction, and then people will uh, start coming to you with their stories. That's good and bad. Um, it's great to have good stories there that you didn't know, and people are kind of opening up about. You know, the bad is at times when uh, people are assuming that you you need to have them on, and you know that's <laughs> that gets kind of tricky to
0: navigate. That, right, right. I I understand that. I, I I've never had it on the podcast side, but I have had people on on the social media side for ask for so many different things. So I understand that, and I'd hate to. I'd hate to get on the bigger level on that. But I mean, I, I'm sure that quite a few of our listeners have, have heard of your podcast and everything else that comes with it. It just seems like you've got a vast majority of, of just different audiences that you're able to reach to. And that, and that's that's really neat. Rob, you,
1: you reach all these different audiences. You tell these great stories. And that's something I love about your podcast in general is that every Tuesday morning when I open Spotify, I have no clue what story I'm going to hear or who I'm going to hear from. I know it's going to start with the with some shark music and I'm going to hear some, hear your voice and a great ad. Um, But (laughs) um, of all the stories you've covered, is there one that really sticks out to you? that has been the most memorable to you.
2: Uh, You know, I would still say Matt chambers from Iowa, whose uh, stepson got injured in an accident and uh, I lost the interview. That was on Zencaster. Hey, that's a lesson for you guys. And I completely lost the interview because the signal the, uh, the We've, we've been there just yeah. recently, just recently. <laughs> <laughs> the guy just poured his heart out and I had to call him back and I had to say, Hey, I'm sorry. I lost this. Is there any way that we could do it again? And he's like, yeah, no problem. He said, my son has not talked. He hasn't been able to say a word for two years. Last night was the first time he said a word. So I would love to redo the interview. So that, I mean, wow. that one, and that was the one I remember I'd reached at that point, I think I'd reached 10,000 before on the downloads, that one reached 10,000 in the first day and that never happened before. And so that was, uh, that one that really set that
0: one episode really set me on a different plateau. You're right. And, and I think you also are able to reach to the mental side, uh, of farming and the stress and all that involves with that like i think you had zippy duval on your show here just recently it's a really good episode just about someone uh that just opened up about how stressful farming is and then you add on medical issues with with spouses or, or even family that adds into that and it just does a great job in your opinion rob how many how many listeners on your show i mean it's hard to tell but i mean there's a lot of farmers that uh have struggled with with mental health with with the stress, especially with the commodities now. Uh, how important it is is it to you to be able to share those stories to to your listeners?
2: Yeah, uh, mental health and agriculture on the podcast that uh, that's been an interesting story. Uh, you know I got you got to remember I'm a lot older than you guys. and this was when we first started talking about mental health and agriculture, It was still a massive taboo and we caught, we caught a lot of crap for talking about it. I mean, there was, there was people that were very, very upset that we were trying to sissify agriculture, that we were basically uh, given an excuse for people not to just work through things. And then on the other side is when we started getting messages from people on how this affected them and how... You know, it, it. Some of the messages I I can never share. Uh, but when you read them, I mean, it, it just chills you to the bone. How close some people were to, you know, ending their life, and for them to hear someone share their story, and for that be enough for them to go on and get help. I mean, that's something. That's something as a host that you, you don't forget. That's something that gets into you, and all of a sudden, it gives you a bit of a Kevlar skin to, to all the people that don't like it, all the people that, that think you are giving a ton of excuses to people that just don't work hard. When you get those kind of messages, it it changes the way you are as a person, and that's, that's definitely what happened with us.
0: So backtrack a little bit if if I can ask this why do you think you know it was before, i'm sure you, you know, like you said you're a bit older than both of us for sure but why do you think it's changed from from now where mental health is literally a huge issue uh, all over the ag and all, all over the ag social media to back in i don't know 20 you know whenever you started talking about it what do you think changed in those in that time period. I I can tell you this, and I wholeheartedly
2: believe it. And you, everybody might have their own opinion. The reason that the taboo of mental health and agriculture uh, has got chinks in its armor now is because of uh, Kim Keller and Leslie Kelly. Those two women took it on. Uh, They started the do more foundation. They took a lot of arrows uh, for mental health and agriculture but they just kept chipping away at it, and seeing those two go out there and be brave on it made a, other, a lot of other people brave on it. And yes, all of a sudden, it has become an issue that we can openly talk about in agriculture.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that makes sense. They did take quite a bit. I, I think it's
1: important to note that, that in the, in, in it, with everything that's going on in the world right now, uh, more and more people are working in isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, where it used to be that the, the people on the tractors, uh, spend time alone all day. Um, you know, my, my employer today sent an email out with, with some mental health tips. Uh, like if you're, you're a little down on yourself during this time, um, with everything in the world's going on in the world right now, um, it's okay to reach out and talk to people. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe, maybe hopefully, um, people will realize that this is, this isn't a new thing for the agricultural community. Um, they've been going through it and it's, it's, it's something they've gotten stronger as they've gone through.
2: Yeah, I would totally agree with that.
1: I made the comment a while ago that, that one of my favorite parts of your your podcast is is the ad. Um, you're, you're no secret to, to monetizing things, um, to making sure that, that your bills get paid. Um, why is it important for you to monetize advocating um, when some people think, oh, you should just be doing that for free? Um, why do you put such a high standard on, on making sure that there's some money coming in there?
2: Well, you know, I did it free for a long time and I'm not just talking to podcast. I'm talking to that, that word, that tricky word that happens to be your title, the advocating. <laughs> and I would do that and I would be helping out, uh, companies like Monsanto, Bear, Syngenta, you know, I would be doing stuff for them and which is fine. I, I mean, I'm not bashing them. Actually, it was very smart of them to, to get people to do this stuff. Uh, and then, you know, they would turn around and they were like, well, our, our social media will promote you and this, that, and the other, it never did anything. I mean, it, it you, if you could take all the big companies in the world and say, Hey, go listen to the shark farmer podcast, it might get me 10 downloads. It just, it doesn't work. So I was doing that more for them is what I was coming to. So of course, you know, that being the fact that I was starting to put more time and more money into the podcast is when we started doing ads and it, it started off very slow. I think the first ones we did was like for 50 bucks. It was 50 bucks. You got a little, it was supposed to be a red ad. I cannot read very well. It's no secret. It's the way my eyes work. It just is what it is. As I started to read the ad, I started to butcher it. And I mean, just absolutely butcher it. So I just started like talking about the, it, it was a design company. And when that podcast came out, all that anybody was talking about was the ad. Well, it didn't, you know, take a scientist to realize that I shouldn't be reading ads. I should be messing around with them. And we did that uh, for, I don't know, probably two, three months. And then we signed a a two-year contract with a company called Farmer's Edge out of Canada. And I was doing ads for them for, for two years. And they were unscripted, but they were scripted. I mean the whole the whole thing with them was I was supposed to be hating them as my overlords, and we were fighting back and forth. But a lot more of that was put together than than we let on.
1: I, I think something interesting about those Farmers Edge ads, Farmers Ed Edge ads, was that for somebody that has has no being with with Farmers Edge or something, I, I felt like I knew the people you were talking about. Um, whether it was scripted or not, I I felt like I I could see you there having a conversation with the overlords um, and kind of seeing that dynamic while you were also having a conversation with your guests for that week. It just made a very interesting dynamic outside looking in.
2: You know, when we go to companies now, and because most of them don't listen to the podcast, these ad agencies, they have no idea what any of it is and you try to describe it, we, we've gotten to where we call them Paul Harvey type of ads, because I don't know if you guys even remember Paul Harvey, but he was this radio guy and he would be telling his stories and then he would go to a news story and like halfway through it, you would realize that it was actually an ad, but he was reading it just like he was doing the rest of the stories. And it kind of, I don't know, to me, I always kind of remember that sitting around the, uh, the lunch table as dad was listening to the am radio i kind of remember him always doing that and i always thought that was pretty sneaky so yeah i copied it
0: you know you've called me a young whippersnapper on your radio but what? i just want to point out that i <laughs> i do remember rob uh, uh paul harvey i can remember sitting in our tractor with dad maybe i think maybe at three or four years old and dad telling me to be quiet to to listen to to him and so they're probably just reruns. wanted to point that out <laughs> I can't say either way, but I I'd, I'd say that uh, I'm I'm not as young as you might think. So just wanted to make that clear. <laughs>
2: well, here how how many episodes are you guys on on this podcast?
1: Uh, we've released one. We've got ten recorded and edited to upload. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, and I'm guessing, as most people that do podcasts, uh, you start thinking about you know the revenue source. And that's, it does get tricky because when you start reading ads, when you start representing a company, uh, it changes you. you, you know, all of a sudden I was filtered. All of a sudden I was no longer having the cussing on my podcast. Uh, I was, I was changing a little bit. That's, that is a tightrope That's very hard to walk in my opinion, when it comes to monetizing, your, your social media, your podcasts, your YouTubes, all of it. It's very tough. Uh, what a company loves to do is they like to come to you and they say, you know, we will give you, let's I don't know, we'll give you a toolbox. And we want you to, you know, put it on your social media. We want you to do videos of it. We want you to, you know, ad- advertise it on your podcast. And here you'll have this free toolbox. And, you know, we started, we did some of that. But I felt that was uh, that's not the way I wanted to go. I felt at the time we were actually beating uh, the radio. You know, we were beating these ag media companies that were on terrestrial radio, were on XM radio. Our audience was getting bigger than theirs, but they weren't doing it for a toolbox. You know, they got paid. So we, my wife and I, made a decision that we were not going to do anything for product. And that really, that really set the advertising agencies and the the ag companies back. Because when you're dealing with a quote unquote influencer, that's how they do it. Because they don't want to pay you because then they don't want you to look like a shill. And if I go crazy and start saying, you know, really bad things on the radio, then it will come back to them. Still, we took that stance and we lost out on a lot of stuff. Because we wanted, we wanted money. We, we did not want product. Eventually, it came around. Honestly, I think the only way that it really truly came around is when we got on XM. It was just that old mindset that podcast, YouTube, social media aren't real media. They aren't uh, really something that you have to pay for. But once we got on XM, all of a sudden, we kind of, in their mind, shifted the playing field.
0: Right. Okay. So that, that's interesting. I have, you know, being somewhat of a influencer, if you will, not really on the Instagram, I, I get quite a bit, bit of people asking me to wear their, their hats or, or their clothing. I even got, you know, it's weird. So that's, that's an interesting take on how you, you take that. Now I'm going to spin this a little bit towards, uh, your TV show here, Rob, Mm -hmm. uh, you're talking about, ads and, and how are you doing that? How are you going to be able, how are you doing that for your show?
2: Ah, well, that's a fantastic question. I wish I had the answer to the show. So, all right. The shark farmer podcast, the, what the farm podcast, and uh, the ag now magazine, which are a hundred percent mine. Mm-hmm. We sell the ads on those. We take in a hundred percent of the ads on those the XM show. The Shark Farmer XM is in correlation with Ag PhD Media, which is Brian and Darren Hefty. So they sell the ads, and then the revenue is shared. The TV show is in correlation with RFD TV, in which they sell the ads, and then the revenue is shared. So on the on the XM show and on the TV show, I actually don't sell ads, which is it's good and bad. I Nobody likes selling ads. Nobody likes going to ad companies and asking for money. But, you know, when you give that up, you also give up a pretty good percentage of the money. It's a give and take. And as far as the XM and the TV, my wife and I decided that we were going to let them sell the ads.
1: You mentioned your TV show, and I, I, I'd like to talk about that a little bit more. Um you you made comments on your podcast that it's kind of a spinoff of of Tosh point in in Ag World. Um, was this was this your brainchild or was this something that somebody came to you and said we want you to be behind this?
2: Okay, you know I a lot of times I hear people say, well, you know they came to me and they wanted me to do this. That never happens to me. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> Everything I've we've ever done. I mean, we went to we drove to Baltic South Dakota to sit down in front of Brian and Darren Hefty, one of the most intimidating moments of our life, and basically sell ourselves to be on XM under their thing. I sat down, I, I was so nervous because the owner of RFD, well, the founder and one of the owners of RFD, Patrick Gotch, was sitting at a table by himself. And it was a deal where well, my wife is like, go, go now, go talk to him now. <laughs> and I was so nervous, but I did. I walked over and, you know, I, I introduced myself and I said, you know, I've got some ideas and I threw him about four ideas for uh, a TV show. And he picked probably the one that I, th- I thought was the least favorite, but it's also the one the cheapest to make. So uh, this is what we're doing.
0: <laughs> so is your show going to be, I'm still trying to figure out what all your shows about well of course farmers but is it just going to be up in the i states or are you looking at going a little more further out into the country
2: no everything no i uh, everything i do i don't want to put in one area of the country or not i mean that's the way right. the, that's the way the podcast started it was basically ag twitter it is basically the i states and you know it gave me a really good core group of people and then you know it just plateaued you couldn't go anymore So uh, yeah, everything I do, I want it to be at least North America.
0: That's a a good lesson for you guys getting out of Texas. Well, it's kind of tough getting out of God's country. I'll tell you uh, this, here, Rob. Here we it, go. <laughs> but you're you're right. You know, you don't want to just settle for for Texans. Although that's a really high bar. Uh, you're <laughs> you're, lim- <laughs> you're limiting yourself. <laughs> I, I have some pride. I don't know if you've caught onto that yet, but you're limiting yourself to to one. Uh, one state and you're right that can that can shut people down from wanting to listen to you so so what i'm hearing about this tv show is at some point you might be down here and or over here in god's country and i might just have to come swing by and say hi basically is what i'm figuring no. out no 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 <laughs> i uh, it is it is it
2: is, i go down to nashville about once a month uh-huh. and i stand in front of a green screen and then i i have oh. yeah i have clips uh, that I've gotten off the the social media uh, you know interesting people getting stuck, something funny or whatever. and then we do some skype interviews uh, like my very first episode of the Skype interview is uh, Andy Detweiler, the the harmless farmer and mm-hmm. again I thought him he, now he is he's fairly big in the YouTube world. you get outside the YouTube world he's not all that well known which kills me because he could be one of the greatest, Uh, spokesman for agriculture that we've had so it's i want to get an opportunity to showcase people like
0: him so a a much bigger audience can see it right right that makes sense you know as well as i do that ag has a bitter taste in in a lot of people's mouths especially all over the country a lot of people have a, a bad opinion about it and you yourself do a great job of of being an advocate for for agriculture as a whole uh when you when you talk to farmers often on the air you you hear different opinions and you can hear people that have pretty hateful opinions about people who have no agriculture or vice versa what's your opinion about how ag can can get away from uh being who we are now of of what people think we are to telling the honest truth
2: <sighs> that is uh I mean that's a juxtaposition of the other podcast I do with Leslie, uh, the What the Farm podcast, it's trying to bridge that gap, which is, I, I know it's a catchphrase, and it's so hard to really define what that is, because what is a consumer? I mean, I'm a consumer, but I'm also a farmer, so it's hard to do that. You, you deal with like the vegans, the I'm talking militant, right? Militant vegans, militant environmentalists, uh, you got your anti-big ag, all of those, they're very vocal. But to me, uh, they should be totally ignored. Uh, They just aren't that big. When you look at the percentage of people out there, it's so minute. I mean, I think it's less than 1%. What the biggest problem I've seen in doing all this is uh, the, the blowback that comes from inside agriculture when somebody tries to step up and do something. And I've seen it since the very beginning yeah you know, I cut my teeth on Twitter Twitter is a very harsh it's a very unforgiving platform uh, because there's zero filter on it and if you put yourself out there uh, you know either someone can come up and try to tear it down you can have uh, an anonymous account uh, made and try to tear it down it is what it is the the problem is it's I, th- I think what most people of that hate from inside agriculture is, is when a farmer gets to that next level. So like if, I don't know, if you go to media school, right, you're going to be a farm broadcaster and then you get on the radio, you get your own show. Sure, you're going to get whatever hate here and there. But if a farmer does that, that's what some other people in agriculture can't, just can't handle. I remember when I started getting big with a podcast, I remember uh, a person that I considered a friend coming up to me at the farm show and he says, you know, what? You're, you're things are going great for you, but let me tell you this, you better not forget who made you. And he was referring to people like himself on Twitter. And, really? you know, I never forgot that because I'm sitting there thinking, I don't remember you spending all night editing. I don't remember you doing all this to build this podcast, but yet that's the way it was looked at. It was a real eye-opener to me. And it's when I realized, you know, it's it's not that that the podcast taken taking off. It's not that we're getting on the radio. I truly think that it's because I am a farmer that went to that next level. And that's what really, there's a certain sector that really hates that and they just can't get over it.
0: I'm understanding this. You're you're basically saying ag can be its own enemy in terms of of being an advocate because you have you yourself reaching out to be able to to reach to people that not that are consumers that aren't in the ag world, and then you've got your own fellow farmers, no matter if they're friends or not, that might even throw more uh, hate towards you than than not of a of just a normal person. Is that kind of what you're? Point in that.
2: I think so. And, you know, it'd be interesting as you guys go on with your podcast and you're interviewing, you know, the, you know, the bigger people in whatever platform, right? You know, to ask them, you know, do you see more hate coming from outside agriculture or more hate coming from inside? I would venture to bet that you're going to see more hate coming from inside, especially the people that you interview that are were farmers, were versed in agriculture and then are moving up to, you know, being Big YouTubers, big people on Instagram, uh, I think they will have the same answer, that the most hate comes from inside egg, And that's what really hurts when you're trying to get a message out. Because if I say that, you know, Roundup does not cause cancer, and then I have another farmer going on, well, what does this guy know, you know blah, blah, blah. Uh, that just, it's worse than having, you know, like an anti or an environmentalist come after me because it's within agriculture, trying to tear down each other.
1: Rob has, has, has ag Twitter always been this way? I think when I finally dove into, I've had Twitter for a long time, when I finally dumped into the ag side of it and follow a lot of those same people, um, has it always been kind of cutthroat like that? Or is that something new since more people have kind of found their voice?
2: I think it's probably last, let's say four years. Beginning of it was great. And boy, I tell you what, I've been through both and I could see the parallels of the way Instagram is going to. I really can. Um, You can already start to see that getting inside ugly. Again, that's not my, it's not my platform. I kind of look at it from the outside and it's, it's fascinating to me to see how Instagram is playing out. And. You do, you have some people that are, you know, rising along, you know, a big group and uh, a lot of them kind of, you know, are rising together. Well, when somebody feels left out, of course, uh, they're going to start talking behind back, start talking in group chats, whatever. (laughs) The things that I've observed by just watching Instagram, it's the things that I saw directly in Twitter.
0: (laughs) I, uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly and I, I might even be a part of the problem i don't know but i assumed you i were. do <laughs> well i was trying to be humble there but thanks a lot Rob. <laughs> but uh i agree with you and and i i hadn't put that together till you just said that that makes a lot of sense so you'd say past four years twitter ag twitter itself has just become more uh cutthroat and everything else do you think there's a way to disarm that, or do you think you're just there's no control over that, and people are just going to be who they are?
2: Uh, if there way is a way, I don't know. Um, you know, I I cut my teeth on that medium, so I've got pretty thick skin at this point. I would say almost like Kevlar. You know, when you're going to start doing different things like this, it doesn't matter. I could put out the absolute most perfect podcast in the world, you're going to get haters. It is what it is. And you just have to get to a point to where you think, hey, am I going to uh, not do this because I don't want uh, people talking behind my back? Or am I going to do it and actually follow something that I love? It kills me. I mean, it kills me to see some really talented, some amazing people not do things, not follow their dreams because they are afraid of being picked on or they're afraid of being talked behind their back. I've seen it on Twitter. I mean, I could tell you I could tell you 20 names of people that are unbelievable, smart. They could go on and do uh, speaking careers. They could do all sorts of things, but they don't. And the reason that they don't is because they've seen other people get beat up and they don't want to do it. It's a damn shame.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I try not to stay on Twitter too much. It does seem like a a deal where I, I don't have thick enough skin, <laughs> to be honest. And so it, that is interesting. Uh, Rob, in closing, I mean, you've you're a great. What speaker. the hell? In closing, I, man, when do I get asked <laughs> questions?
2: I thought that was well, part of the you. you guys asked some, and I pushed. asked some. This has all been you. <laughs> okay. Well shoot for it.
0: <laughs> All right. So whose idea was to call it the advocate? Well, we were gonna call it the uh what were what at first what we're gonna call it rob We were or gonna wait. originally it was gonna be the MDITA podcast, a spinoff off of off
1: of my day in Texas Ag, which is very Texas low central, of course. Um Amen. but we realized that 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 would only gonna last so long, maybe twenty, thirty episodes. Um I think it was shortly after Dan talked to you on your podcast mm-hmm. that we decided for this thing to be successful and, and have as the maximum reach, it needed to be changed. Dan was on mine? Somewhat, I, not I, really. I think so. You, you probably didn't give me a <laughs> list on that episode. Uh, I think I wasted like an hour. It's a, it's a
2: name that's going to get attention. Actually, I think it's it's a good idea. Now, okay, so when you guys were deciding to do this, what did you want this podcast to do? To, to educate, to share stories. Uh, you know, we've talked to some
1: guys who, as I say, and they, they spend their days in the dirt uh, growing food, fiber, uh, for the for the world. And we talked to some other people who, who spend their days in offices. Um, everybody Everybody's involved in agriculture in a different way, um, but we all have the same goal at the end of the day, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and, and for, for my side, I just see it as a, as a way for me to continue on the social media side. I looked into YouTube pretty seriously, but my gosh, you talk about a lot of work and I don't, my family does not, I'm the only one that likes to talk a lot. I don't know. And my family doesn't want to be on the YouTube side of it all. They don't want to be in videos. They don't want to be released into the world where uncle Sam's watching. And so this for me is a venue to be able to, to share agriculture stories, not only on Instagram, but with a bigger audience, Lord willing. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, you know, on video on
2: YouTube, people to be able to see you, and that's not a good idea.
0: <laughs> it is not a good idea.
2: <laughs> but Wade, you—I mean, you've got—you've got media background, right? Um, some
1: more so self-trained. Uh, I kind of grew up in the social media era when when things really fired off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess in that sense, I do.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, Dan, you. You mentioned uh, Zippy Duvall. That is generally not a interview that I would do, just because he's a president, of an organization, or he's a politician. Is is that something that you guys have considered? Is when you get these these politicians or these you know people like Zippy, is that is that something that you guys are want to do for interviews?
0: For me personally, I'm probably not speaking for Wade here. In fact, I know I'm not, but. I love to get into the more controversial stuff, uh, especially uh, talking about politics and everything. For me, it would be interesting to to ask some more different questions than what you had with Zippy Duvall. That being said, I mean, he has a story that needs to be shared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there there's the... Uh, there it's kind of a tight line that's drawn there and, and where to cross is where I would probably get hung up and, and probably... Oh, I would probably end up shooting myself in the foot. <laughs> Wade, your turn.
1: <laughs> I uh, I have a list in my head of of every all fifty states, and then of all these different sectors of ag that I would love to talk to. Some of those politicians, some of them. I mean, everything. I mean, I'm not going to draw the line just because somebody sits in an office
2: in a big in a big capital. Mm-hmm. I will say the to me the best podcasts that I have had are people you never heard of. Now, I mean, yes, the, the Tillable guy, I mean, I haven't checked today. I'm assuming that's over 100,000 downloads. That thing uh, went wow. like an unbelievable monster. But that really wasn't my favorite podcast. My favorites are the ones <laughs> that you you didn't hear. I mean, the guys that ha- had the stories you never heard of, and they just, you know, they lay it on out. And, you know, there's times where you interview someone, and I remember interviewing Lindsay Persico, And she got done and she's like, I've never said that story out loud. She hadn't even, you know, even mentioned the words to it. But here she was, you know, you make someone feel comfortable enough to where they can tell that story to try to get it out to help others. To me, that's what it's all about. Yes, you know, you get more attention with the zippies and the tillable and all that. But I don't know. I think you'll find your favorite podcast are not necessarily the ones that are your
0: biggest right and Rob talking about tillable here I know I messaged you over Instagram but I just want to say you know publicly with all the people listening that might listen to this that if you oh, haven't horrible. listened yeah <laughs> if, if you have not listened to Rob Sharkey uh, podcast he did a he did a podcast with a guy uh, the CEO of tillable for those who aren't in a whole lot of agriculture it's a big company that that works on uh, getting land from other people to just, you know, that's the best way I can explain it. Mm-hmm. And through the whole thing, the, the, the guest uh, had a very, mm, I don't know. His attitude was not one that I would have been able to have as a uh, kid growing up. But through the whole thing, Rob, you kept your cool, at least on the mic. I don't know about afterwards, but... You kept your cool, and I do not know if I'd have been able to do that. That that took some skill, and I just wanted to say that was a really good job on that.
2: You know, early on podcasting, uh, I that would have been a different interview, and and honestly, it would not have been a good one um, because I would have I would have lost my temper at it because the guy. Yeah. I mean, those were my landlords. That I wasn't just telling a story. That was my landlords that he was trying to steal away, uh, mm-hmm. but. I guess the experience kind of learned out and you know, I've, I've lost it on times on podcast and you got to be careful doing that because the last thing you want to do is have people wonder if you're going to lambash them once you get them on. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I never want that to happen. And because I, I tell you, I would not go on a podcast if, you know, I've seen that the host go after a guest like, like I wanted to with him. So yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, yes, I appreciate the compliment. And that was because of experience, of uh, that I was able to remain calm.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Rob in closing now, if that's okay with you, unless you have anything else, <laughs> I, th- I think we're good. <laughs> okay. Rob, you, you've, you've mentioned, or you've talked quite a bit on this on this deal very very interesting subjects just just something that i hope that our listeners will truly enjoy listening um in closing uh what would you want to say to to our listeners agriculture or not uh, about your show or about just anything in general with agriculture
2: i'd like to say if you're out there in ag and you want to do something I don't know what that is. You want to do a YouTube channel, a podcast, a TV show, or whatever. You just have to do it. Uh, I did just interview uh, Brian Hefty, and he talked about like writer's block and how he gets through stuff. He's like, you just have to start. You just have to pound through it. You listen to my first podcast, they sucked. Uh, you Generally, when you start stuff, this, this first TV show that's going to release, it's going to suck. But you have to put it out there because... If you don't, you'll never know. And you never know how to learn from it. You have to put stuff out there, assuming that you'll learn and you'll get better at doing it. So don't let the fear, don't let the haters, uh, don't let the uh, anti-ag people uh, control what you want to do. If you want to do something, by God, do it and do it well. Just just do it. You should put that on a t-shirt. (laughs) <laughs> i think i think i'd get in trouble with that one <laughs> with maybe like kind of a check mark underneath it yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, well, a no,
0: just, that's a great idea that's a great have a shark <laughs> rob just have a shark instead of a check mark you're good trust me no one will be, ever be upset about that perfect rob thank you for being on our show this was this is a big deal for me i've listened to so many of your podcasts and to be able to be on the other side to turn the tables on you somewhat and interview you it's an honor i mean i'm being honest uh if you wouldn't mind to share your podcast your xm your tv show whatever else that people can go look up and listen and watch would you mind
2: yeah it's all on uh, sharkfarmer.com that's uh, the hub for it. the tv show uh, they want to they want to get it out while we're still under quarantine so i don't know in the next six months uh-huh. then Gotcha.
0: Well, just keep in that quarantine, then. That's probably the safest thing for you right now (laughs) and for us. (laughs) Well, Wade, I've kind of talked a lot. You want to say something or are we good? I think
1: we're good, Rob. We appreciate it. Thanks again, Dan. We'll visit with you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Advocates. Be sure and check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages to see who will feature next. On behalf of Dan, I'm Wade, we'll see you next time.